Welcome to episode 45 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Today on the show, I have hip-hop artist Malcolm J. So let's get into this. Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. And as most of you probably already know, my name is Colton G, and I am your host here on every single episode of the DTP. And with that being said, yes, you can rejoice. We are done our little break that we had there. We're going to be coming back at you weekly, and like I said on the Double Down episode, I'm going to be trying to push for two episodes a week sometime here in Desert Tiger's second year. With that being said, yes, Desert Tiger has officially turned one as of last week, so go ahead and break out your streamers, your confetti, your party hats, and your party plates. Go get yourself some cake and celebrate with us as we celebrate year one of Desert Tiger. It has been an amazing year full of incredible guests, and I am so very thankful for all of them. If you listen to the Double Down, I went hard on thanking so many of them. So we're not going to do that here. Instead, we're going to get into today's guest, who is Malcolm J. Born in Toronto, but raised in Winnipeg, Malcolm J. is a socially conscious and self-reflective musician that has been active in the hip-hop community for the past 10 years. His accomplishments? include hip-hop award nominations, charting top 10 on national campus radio, and national distribution of his previous releases, those being his EP Misconnections and his album that he released in September of 2017 entitled The Enemy Within, which of course we are going to be playing you a few tracks of later on in this episode. When performing live, Malcolm sometimes likes to add a little bit of flavor to his performance by either being accompanied by a DJ, a guitarist, a percussionist, sometimes a backup singer, sometimes all of these people all at once. I myself had the pleasure of seeing Malcolm play with a backing band that actually included his little brother playing on the drums when I happened to catch him during Breakout West in Kelowna this year which also happens to be where I had the opportunity to sit down with Malcolm and discuss his music, his vision, and some of the ways that he is helping hip-hop grow and thrive within the Winnipeg music scene. He is a visionary, he is a teacher, and he is an amazing lyricist, so I can't wait for you to hear more about today's guest, Malcolm J. Before we get into that interview, of course, all of our previous, our returning listeners know what's about to go down. All of you who are new know that we're about to play you a track off of The Enemy Within. And this is a song that you're going to be hearing a little bit of the details about, not only later on in this interview, but it's also one of my favorite tracks off of The Enemy Within, so I really hope you enjoy Past Life.
Team came to my crib asking me shit like where I work and where do I live? Mistaken identity, yo, cause I drive a nice car. But if a white man fit the description, would you take it that far? Would you take out all your guns and flaunt them all in my face? Racism is still alive, they just convinced us that it ain't something to be concerned with. That everything is perfect, and every minute of conditioning has been working. Cause I used to be complacent, I used to be convinced that we're equal in this world. But yo, that's full of shit, cause I could get degrees and put them on the Wall, but when they get my resume, all they see is Malcolm Jamal and I And I Wish my kids ain't gotta struggle like me Wish my kids get it better than me Wish my kids live their life so free And hope they teach your kids history I swear that we were kids and queens of the past, past life. life No guns to shoot us if we ain't, ain't right. right Nobody telling us, nigga, that your skin too dark The body stealing culture and selling yeah, that heart We were kids and queens of the past, life. Yeah. Tolerance and acceptance Wondering every day has really got me stressing Like shit, will these cops pull me over? And even though I'm sober Treat me like a criminal It's different now, I'm older when you're young it's way too easy to be oblivious to jokes that lies to hate It's way too serious, we gotta find a way We gotta find a way, we gotta come together We gotta make a change Why does it matter what I look like? Why do you gotta differentiate the fact that I ain't white? No it's to make you any better than me You think you got me where you want me to be But in the streets can nobody out to keep it discreet Now where I come from my people are still fighting for peace But if you don't, anybody gonna say shit Desert Tiger Podcast. All right, we are here with Malcolm J. How's it going, my dude? I'm doing great, man. Just spent an awesome weekend in Kelowna, played a couple of gigs, picked up a lot of awesome music, met some great people, so mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, so we're here for Breakout West, right? So how was your performances? How was your weekend? Like, there's a lot of conferences and other things going on, so you must have been yeah, busy. Yeah, it was a busy weekend, so a lot of networking, meeting some great people throughout the day, and then uh, the performances went great. Got to meet a lot of great artists from out of province, too, that I've never met before, mm-hmm. and got to link up with and potentially work with in the future. So nice. Anyone enjoyed. who particularly caught your eye? Oh, I met Stani Nose Res kids were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was happy to meet them and perform with them after. And uh, even T Rhyme was awesome from Saskatoon, and then local boys from um, from Whitehorse had no idea. Like, really, he was. Yeah. They're amazing. The production and raps for that. Yeah, no, blew me they away. Were so wicked. yeah, like mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree. It was a great collection of different sounds and just from all over Western Canada and even like some parts of East and like even parts of like Europe. It's yeah, it's a lot of amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the people from uh, Wales that came out were awesome, mm-hmm. too. I checked out a little bit, so, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so let's get back into 
the backstory here because we usually like to start where things begin. Where is your, like, when did you decide, like, you wanted to get into music? Where was the, what was the moment that it sort of clicked for you that this is something that you wanted to pursue? Oh, you know, I have, like, when we talk to most rappers, you know, you have, like, the classic high school experience of, like, hey, I'm freestyling every day and I'm just having fun with my friends for the most part. So I started rapping probably when I was a teenager, like, probably 13, 14. I used to, like, have, I used to go home every night and record, like, a freestyle, and I had this one website, which is, like, 160 freestyles over my high school career, so that's how I first got into it, and then I had a friend that was a producer, yeah. and uh, we just linked up and started making beats. Uh, about 10, yeah, it was about 10 years ago, um, I started performing more often in my local city kind of okay. thing, and uh, so we had a group called The Happy and Fortunate. I was in the group for a long time, Yeah. and about uh, we split up about three years ago, okay. and then two years ago, I became Malcolm J., Mm-hmm. as a solo artist and then i just been taking that really seriously since then so yeah so was that just a difference in creative styles that sort of led to the group like parting or what uh, happened there? i would say it was usually it was originally just the two of us right okay. and then as you add more members to the group like uh we started adding a dj a drummer another producer kind of thing and creative direction gets kind of difficult when you're in a group yeah and if you want to talk about a certain topic uh especially for me i'm a really self-reflective artist so yes. if i'm making a song that someone else doesn't share the same experience or want to do something different it does make the process longer or you feel like you're diluting kind of what you want to talk about so yeah i felt more refreshed you know becoming a solo artist and mm-hmm. having more creative control kind of thing but i still collaborate with a lot of artists yes but like the creative direction is still kind of mm-hmm. my own vision kind of thing you so. you've sort of gave you a little bit more justice to your voice in your yeah and what you talk sort of about thing. But, you know, I would say those years, the formative years of being in a group, like, learned a lot for performing because we performed a lot locally. Yeah. Um, and that group did well, too. Like, we uh, we didn't tour, but, you know, mm. we did chart on campus radio. We did get nominated for Western Canadian Music Award, like, in 2011. So oh, wow. Back in the day. So, I mean, we still did some good things. So, yeah. learned a lot with that group. So. so, accomplished some things and, like, did what you needed to, essentially, with it. Yeah. Like, grew with it, but then had to grow out of it. Exactly, yeah. So okay. that's how I started. All right. Once you started branching out on your own, um, did you find difficulty in carrying things all on your own or because you had been freestyling for so long were you already comfortable in that role? Yeah, you know what? Because um, I'm a producer as well. So yes. I started also producing about seven years ago. And that never really was my main focus. But when I became solo, I'm like, hey, I'm going to produce everything. I want to... I wanted to prove to myself that I could produce my whole project by myself. Yeah. Uh, write everything, record it, mix and master it. And that was my very first EP that I put out in 2016. That was a lot of work, to be honest, like to do everything yourself, plus do the yeah. marketing and promotion. I think that's the typical independent artist struggle, you know, mm. trying to do everything. Um, and then for my last album I put out last year, I've learned to, you know, reach out to people that might be better at mixing and mastering than myself mm-hmm. to take the stress off of all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. been a, it's definitely been a growing experience and challenging myself to do different things. So all right, so you, like, taken you're still handling your strength. So you're still like doing the production, producing and, and rap writing. Okay, yeah, but the mixing is. Yeah, that one is uh, you know, a lot of musicians do it out of necessity, you know. Yeah. And it's um, but for me, it would take me hours to get a decent mix, while my sound engineer now can know instantly what to do, and it's like, 
less of a headache and I don't hate my songs after, <laughs> you know, forever. After you've listened to yeah. them for 50 times within two yeah. hours and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's great for memorizing your music though, I would say. Yeah. It's very your true. It's yeah. very true. You'll, you'll remember everything after that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so having like that will to want to sort of get your own voice a little bit more and your own like points across what are some of those things that you wanted to like oh you know actually what speak about you know for me like on top of my music it's always i tell people i always want to be like here's this split of my brain in half and you guys can see everything that's going on in my life at that point in time and it's his growth as an artist so if you listen to my projects from two years ago i might be talking about like where my mental health was at or you know yeah. what i'm dealing with or my relationships i'm dealing with with different people mm-hmm. or how i feel about things and mm-hmm. if you talk to see my project from a year ago, you know, that was more of a slow for self identity kind of thing. Cause I'm mm-hmm. mixed race. I talked a lot about things going on mm-hmm. that bothered me. So that's a big thing about my growth at that point in time, mm-hmm. but that's not even who I am today. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about different things and mm-hmm. come to different realizations. So yeah, I always want to say that whatever I write about, it's mm-hmm. who I am at that point in time, you mm-hmm. know? So is that something that you found in Manitoba? Is that like there is cultural divide? You know, yes, you know, um, yeah, you know, I talked about, I talked about a lot of things in my last project, but um, mm. I, I truly believe that there's a lot of good, there's more good out there than there is negative, but we focus a lot on the negative, I would say. Negative is louder. Yeah, for some reason, people mm-hmm. want to focus on the negative, but uh, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of uh, work that needs to be done mm-hmm. where I'm from, you know, to mend relationships between yeah. different cultures, but um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would say it's still, I think there's an article I wrote that like Winnipeg was the most racist city not too long ago, like uh-huh. by, I think it was, I forgot which article that was, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's still around, but it's, it shouldn't let that, we shouldn't let that take over our main mm-hmm. focus, you know, like we Definitely. should still look at the good things going on. So yeah, touch on it, but don't stay there sort of thing. Don't dwell. Yeah. yeah. Make the right moves, make the right policies, move in the right direction, mm-hmm. be inclusive, you know, yeah, you, do the you right thing. Your piece <laughs> yeah. It, it is, it was a very good piece. I love the album. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you, no, yeah. it's fantastic. I've been jamming it like so much since I actually booked this interview with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. no, I I love it. It's um. Do you find that it's difficult taking and expressing those vulnerabilities of yourself oh. in your music, whereas a lot of people, especially within the hip hop or rap genre, don't necessarily want to go to those places. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, it is difficult sometimes. You know, when I first put that project, I'm usually, I would talk about things that most people can relate to, like my other projects and this one. I'm like, I'm going to directly talk about a bigger picture problem that I see. And it was something that meant a lot to me at that present time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, sometimes when you say things, you might be afraid of what my people think. But if it's truly genuine, most people resonate with genuine things. And Mm I've always, my approach to music has always just been, if people resonate with what I'm talking about, then I'm reaching the right people. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, that's okay. It's not for them. And it's, I'm okay with that, you know? Oh, it's it uh, is. Yeah. Your music has a message and it is trying to reach a specific type of individual who is maybe trying to grow or learn a little bit more about the world around them. Yeah. So just, yeah. And, uh, when I think about it, like I used to get really upset about like people I didn't understand certain things, but now I'm talking about that was me a year ago. Me today is that I realized that people are different 
points in their lives or different levels of self-actualization or looking at the bigger picture or, yeah. you know, so I can't be mad about, you know, someone's not thinking that way yet, you know, but mm-hmm. if you can have a decent conversation with someone and get their viewpoint, that's what I'm all about nowadays. Mm-hmm. So plant the seeds yeah. instead of getting upset. Yeah. And, and trying to like, yeah. So, and that's just part of growing, you know, because before that project, I was a little bit more oblivious to think, ah, that's not really my problem. I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to talk about it. And yeah. It's not until things start to affect you and then you start to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so like for a while it was just like, I'm, I don't, you weren't sure if you could actually speak be about that it, yeah. voice. Right. Yeah. I didn't really bother. I didn't want to go into it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, I just wanted to be in the middle. You okay. Know? <laughs> so what did it take for you to actually accept? Uh, you know what? It had to be, this was, yeah, right before I made this album, what really triggered it was um, I had an incident with the police that came to my house oh. underneath the mistaken identity. Uh-huh. So, like, a whole SWAT team came to my house thinking that I was somebody else because I drive a nice car kind oh, of thing. Wow. And then uh, I was just like, really? With no, like, background checks. So that mm-hmm. was, like, something like, whoa, okay, that was some profiling a little bit. Yeah. And it does affect me. And luckily, I'm a calm person, so I didn't, like, overreact. But mm-hmm. um, Which could have happened and could have went any direction, right? Yeah. So... Looking back at it now, you know what could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, with so many things were going on mm-hmm. in the States and Canada, you know, you're just like, okay, I should probably, you know, like pay attention to yeah. these things because it can affect me too. I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't just be blind to these sort of things. Yeah, so, I could definitely see how yeah. that would clue you into things for sure. Yeah, so that, and at that time I started joining different groups that would talk about those sort of things. So we have a thing in Winnipeg called Black Space Winnipeg. It's okay. kind of like a Black Lives Matter kind of group. So I oh, start wow. to... Just learn. I never used to care about those things, and then yeah. I just started to go. I'm like, okay, I'm learning about what people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Learn more about it, and there's different spectrums, right? Some people are really upset. Yeah. Some people are in the middle. Some people are kind of passive to it. So mm-hmm. I just kind of moved back and forth between where I stood with things. I'm back in okay. living in the middle, but mm-hmm. at that point in time, I was really mad. So that's where I was. Well, understandably, <laughs> of course. I yeah. mean, if a SWAT team showed up to my house, I can't say I would be It was impressed. really embarrassing, too. My neighbor was like, oh, is Malcolm a good drug dealer? What's going on? You know? So I'm just like, oh, man. So Yeah, I can yeah. only imagine the type of stresses and everything that that would create. Yeah, so. Did they at least apologize for it? Not really. They just, uh, they just left after they confirmed my identity. I'm like, why couldn't you just do that beforehand? You know? <laughs> you could, we could yeah. have just... Uh, avoided this entire situation entirely but instead yeah. let's bring out everybody yeah so wow that's that's intense yeah yeah, yeah. so like were you living on your own or like i was living my or? with my girlfriend oh yeah. dang so yeah and my girlfriend's white you know mm-hmm. when they, and it's funny when she came to the door they started like talking nicer to me and i was like oh really like it's just like you know it's like um yeah so that only just confirms. It only like it only makes it only made me more like angsty after you know. Yeah, so. I, that only fuels the uh, anger towards that sort of reaction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. So that's, so that's where that project came from. Yeah. That, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've gone from you're going from like self actualization to like where you are in like the political scheme and like you're talking yeah. about where you are now so like where is that now and like how did you evolve oh yeah point so music? Uh, yeah i think now for my music i do i don't want people to feel like um 
because I notice when I talk to people, sometimes they feel uncomfortable talking about these sort of things, or they feel like um, I hear people, you know, everyone talks about like that, that guilt kind of feel yeah. about things, and I don't want that to be. I don't feel like good things come out of guilt, or good things come out of like negative feelings. So yeah. I want to focus more on the positive sort of things and not be blind to the things going on around us, mm-hmm. but not let it consume us. You know, because I could, okay. I used to scroll through Instagram and see so many negative videos and ruin my day. You know, or mm-hmm. and make me negative and question everything around me when really there's a lot of great things going on. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of my time now working like even in youth drop-in centers to do music. Mm-hmm. I just want to like spread love through music, uh, help people have good conversations with people mm-hmm. to, if they're not a point where they see the bigger picture yet, yeah. hopefully one day they will. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like start anything to feel negative things. Cause it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to focus more on the good things going on. Which I can completely understand and I want to get a little bit into some of the things that I've seen on your social media, such as you running workshops and helping younger individuals within your own city develop as hip-hop artists, which I feel is amazing. But before that, I have to go ahead and thank our Desert Tiger audience, because for those of you who don't know, this podcast is 100% listener supported and driven without you guys we couldn't do a single thing so to all of you who have hit that subscribe button already you know how thankful i am to you if you haven't yet please consider hitting the subscribe button because it helps us grow so very much and of course if you want to take it one step further you can go ahead and follow us on any social media platforms or you can go ahead and cop yourself a killer Desert Tiger tea. We are still shipping these things all over. We are working on some pretty awesome designs that we're going to be doing right away as well. So that is killer. We have a lot of this conversation left with Mr. Malcolm J. So I think we need to get right back into it. But of course, we need to play some more music for you. This is another track off The Enemy Within, and this song is entitled Still Undecided. It's like a hurricane ripping out my front door And it got me superstitious Praying for a different outcome Catching feelings I should've known better Should've been a better man Should've been together with you Now I understand that love is unconditional Shouldn't ever let it go Shouldn't ever let your soul grow old and pitiful Call my grandmama up Haven't spoken 20 years Searching for a remedy Lost hope and many tears And I wish I could've been the one you always needed I wish my father didn't leave And give me all these demons No matter the season or what reason I always keep my heart and believe Cause I got the love Frigid. Frigid. 
pick up the phone, still know the digits Even though I know there's no one on the other side I get a sense of comfort knowing that you did it right You planted the seed embedded in my brain To work hard for your dreams and flourish when it rains Even though seasons change and thoughts rearrange You could always trust I love you just the same Got an image in my heart so it stays picture perfect An image with pride but deep inside I know you hurt It makes me wonder what it's all about All that work and all that doubt Will that shit ever make me proud when I have a child? I'm gonna spend every dying moment Teach them what love is and show the truest of emotions And that'll be my way to get it right Forgiveness to forgiveness, now I'm moving on with life, come on Something I've seen in your social media is your work with younger individuals and helping them. Like, what made you decide to do that? And what is it like helping like younger individuals not only find their voice and like their flow and everything else, but also their voice and like lyrical direction and everything else? Yeah, you know what? Uh, what first started doing it, uh, it was funny because I went to the Netherlands. I was touring there in the spring mm-hmm. and uh, part of the thing I did out there was like, I want to check out their hip hop centers there. So I was like, Hey, can I teach some workshops to your kids here? And I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, how come I'm not doing this back home? You yeah. know? Um, so that's what really sparked me to be like, okay, I want to do a first, I did like a drop in uh, thing in the summer at a place called studio three, nine, three. I want to pay against almost like a whole urban youth movement where they do dancing, rapping, mm-hmm. producing. So I did a production and rap workshop there. Mm-hmm. Really well received, and then um, and then I started hosting my own, mm-hmm. and then I got asked by uh, Inner City Drop-In Center, another one, to go weekly to do things for the kids every. So I make beats for them, or work on rapping, or mm-hmm. tips on performing and stuff like that. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to be learned on both sides of the spectrum from yeah. uh, whether I can learn something from a younger kid and their perspective or what they're going through mm-hmm. and what's going on in their inner city, or share some of my knowledge on how to become a better writer or producer because mm-hmm. I grew up in the inner city. So I know there's a lot, a lot of support for kids as an outlet. And it's great that they have these things here uh, for kids to at least do something productive or uh, express themselves. Cause a lot of people downplay the power of expressing yourself through music. So um, yeah, it's um, and for hip hop production, you know, you can always get a guitar lesson or drum lesson from anywhere in the world, like anywhere but it's not not a lot of people teaching kids how to make beats or how to rap, you know. So, and a lot of kids want to do that. So, yeah. um, that's why I was like, okay, and and yeah, I just want to take the time because mm-hmm. a lot of rappers might be too busy doing their own thing. But mm-hmm. I honestly feel like if the next generation doesn't have the support, it might be a lost art, or it might not 
bestow your knowledge on someone else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's definitely it is if they have to go about it their own ways, they might end up in different avenues that maybe end up burning their desire for their industry or leaving them with a sour taste in their mouth. Definitely. Yeah. Cause you know, I've been doing this for a long time, you know, you can make a lot of, and a lot of it is trial and error, right? Or you yeah. learn through mistakes, but if you can share your knowledge and mm-hmm. help someone get there in half the time that it took you to do it, it's only better for the art and for ca- Canadian music, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's something that like you touched on too, like getting guitar or drum lessons. It's like you also have to either rent that instrument yeah, or it's super expensive. Um, buy said instrument and the equipment to do it. And then like if, unless you're a singer songwriter and you're just going acoustic, like normally you need to find a group in order to normally try and play with. And yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, It is difficult. So it's just it is giving individuals the opportunity to get that expression out themselves without having to struggle to find a location to jam or people to jam with or the financial struggles of it especially like for youth like that's huge yeah a lot of the kids you know i my the producer i talked about that i started with Mm -hmm. we're just making beats on our laptops you know manually chopping splicing things and arranging drums and nowadays, there's so much software that kids can just get and uh, make great music with. So, yeah, technology has really pushed the boundaries for what mm-hmm. you can do with just a laptop, you know, for making music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, being from the inner city and like seeing these kids coming up in the inner city and hearing like their voice, it's how much does that like remind you of? Like your own struggle and just oh yeah you know what I see a lot of myself and a lot of the kids and what mm-hmm. they're going through um, and some of them had it even harder than things that I've seen um, and it's it's sometimes it's sad to see that not a lot of things have changed since I've been there you know yeah. but it's great that um, there's places for them to go mm-hmm. you know so it um, yeah it's always good to be humbled no matter where you go mm-hmm. to bring it back to where you came from okay. you know so you have that many like very many options for places to go when you were younger um not for music no music was always just uh kind of diy hmm. for a long time yeah I, you pretty much just got mentorship from other rappers that want to take underneath your wing or mm-hmm. other producers once you got to that point kind of thing but they didn't really have any of these hip hop dropping centers until maybe five years ago, four or five years ago. Hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty like good investment by whoever is doing that, whether that be the city or like yeah, the government has some. Yeah. So that's that's really fantastic that Manitoba is willing to take those steps in order to help people actually discover who they are. Yeah, I was really inspired when I went to the Netherlands because I was like, holy smokes, they had like full buildings for like just hip-hop for kids i was just like holy smokes i had one floor just for dancing a whole room just for like djing another room for like a studio i'm just like wow mm-hmm. the government's investing this much into like hip-hop music here i'm like that's why i was like i want to bring this back home and try to do more teaching mm-hmm. so and yeah. that's it is like the netherlands it's a huge scene there and a lot of people don't realize just like how big some of the hip-hop festivals out there actually are yeah <laughs> <laughs> just europe in general yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. huge so have yeah. you done a lot of touring out in Europe? No, last year's my first time that I went out. So uh, okay. the plan is to go back again next year. So Fantastic. Um, yeah. Was it just the Netherlands that you went to or was yeah. there a few so, other? So uh, what I wanted to do is that I wanted to go to one place and mm-hmm. learn that market and go there and do a bunch of shows there. So okay. I went to 
the New School Rules Festival in Rotterdam. Uh, nice. They actually had a rep here for Breakout West. Yeah, I actually uh, met her Henka? Yeah. Very great person. She's great, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool festival. Met a lot of artists from Europe. Mm-hmm. Cause they brought those people from London all over that came out to that festival. So I uh, went there, and then mm-hmm. I then went to Den Haag, which is only an hour away, to teach a workshop. And then I was in Amsterdam. I did about six, seven shows while I was out there. I networked with a lot of artists out there. So Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I really just wanted to focus in one country, mm-hmm. build a network so I can go back there and do more. And then mm-hmm. I want to move over to, I really want to go to London and check out really? the scene there. Like, that's my main goal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what are the differences you find between the hip hop scenes here in Canada and over in Europe? You know, it's almost kind of similar because, you know, the US has always been the driver mm-hmm. for hip hop, right? For yes. what's hot and the biggest market for it. So, uh, and in Canada, you know, we have our Toronto sound that's really driving the new mainstream for hip hop. So yeah. um, you'll see that throughout Canada, you'll have a lot of artists trying to mimic the Toronto sound because it's really popular, like Drake and The Weeknd and all those guys, right? And you go to the Netherlands and the same thing's happening. Mm-hmm. People are trying to copy that Toronto sound as well. So you see that influence, but you also see the same kind of underground scene mm-hmm. that Canada has for hip hop and yeah. the more traditional hip hop. Mm-hmm. And that's really popular in Europe too. Like Germany is a huge boom bap kind of country right and they're really into that and in the netherlands too there's also a little market for that kind of hip-hop as well kind of thing so Mm -hmm. there's the underground scene and then you have the mainstream artists they call them urban Mm -hmm. artists that kind of do sound like drake clones and stuff like that that's yeah okay so kind of similar Mm -hmm. so being an artist that tries to be himself and not copy other styles and everything else how important is that not only for expressing yourself as an individual, but not only for the progression of music? Uh, I think it's really important because I think when you're first starting out, obviously you want to sound like your influences or you try to find yourself. So the first few years, some artists might sound like another artist just because that's who they listen to. But yeah. once you find your groove uh, and you define who you are, that's when you make really timeless or memorable music because someone can look back and be like, hey, that was really special or that's really true to what that person's saying. And I think a lot of people can identify with honesty or, you know, authentic music. Mm-hmm. People can usually tell when you're not being authentic with your music, right? If it's not Absolutely. truly who you are. And they can see through it. So mm-hmm. I see a lot of kids when I talk to them too, they just, I really want to be famous and rich and I want to sound like just like these guys. And I'm like, yes, that's mm-hmm. cool. But if you're not going to, you'll just fit in mm-hmm. to that trend. And then five years, that trend will be gone and you'll just be lost as well. If you yeah. didn't define, you're, you're not talking, being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. So um yeah so artists you know mm-hmm. jay cole's like that all the time we talks about you know you could be the next little something but you'll just be lost in that whole wash of things you know so yeah um, which is if that's your but though mm-hmm. depends on what your goals are this mm-hmm. is what i ask uh people all the time i'm like if it's your goal to be really popular right now mm-hmm. and you just want to do what's hot then if that's your goal and that makes you happy i'm not going to knock you for doing that mm-hmm. you know if it's your goal to make some really insightful stuff and something that's really true to you yeah and you look back in 20 years and it's still a reflection of who you were that's cool too it depends on what your goals are right so um as long as you make true to what you really want mm-hmm. that's cool with me you know absolutely so. but it's it is it's it it's a little bit harder to continue to stay on what's hot if you're constantly following yes. what's hot and yeah the history of music has shown numerous times people who have been a blip in the scene and then have just faded away and it's just like well they had a f- like a few awesome bon- 
bumping tracks that I remember, but like they're not going to go. <laughs> yeah. So it's um mm-hmm. yeah, that's the whole thing. And a lot of people get into it just for the fun of it, right? Mm-hmm. They want the uh you know, rocking at the clubs and stuff like that because they're making relevant music, yeah. club music, and that's that's cool, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh you define what sh- what success means to you, right? Mm-hmm. So some people are in it for the short term, long term or mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's if you're into for the short term and you're okay with having the fame for the short term, I th- yeah. feel like that's okay. But it's like, I feel like there's a lot of people that when it ends up leaving them, they're not quite ready for all that for that. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. So that's, yeah. History plays itself over and over. Like you said, like it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So touching back, you said that you started hip hop around the ages of 13, 14. Yeah. So, who were some of the voices that maybe were inspiring you back then? Like, who oh, were some of those man. high school influences? Oh. And who were the, tr- like, the MCs that you were just bumping all the time? All the time. So, um, you know, I, when I was growing up, like, I inherited my dad's record collection kind of thing. So, a yeah. lot of it was, like, records for all the way from the 70s up until mid-90s, right? So, I got, you know, the, I first fell in love with the Tribe Called Quest. Like, that was my biggest influence uh, from pr- a production and rap style. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, every kid goes through the Tupac phase. I was a heavy, I still listen to Tupac all the time because I feel like he was the most, you could just feel his emotion when he raps and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, it bleeds yeah. emotion. Yeah. So, you know, he wasn't the most lyrical guy. He wasn't the most, like, skilled rapper, but he really resonated with you in the fields, mm-hmm. you know? So, I really took that from him. Uh, rappers like Rakim or like Nas when I talk about flow when I teach flow mm-hmm. I talk about those rappers and how they did they started changing rhyme patterns because Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest was more just like simple ABAB kind of type rhymes and stuff like yeah. that well when we used to see Nas and like Rakim and all those guys they really changed it up with what flow really meant so mm-hmm. yeah I'm really I listened to that the golden era of hip-hop really resonated with me when and then you know like I cause when I was a teenager like it was like Kanye and dmx and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. i still resonated more with like the early 90s kind of hip-hop so mm-hmm. okay so when you started out with your freestyling did you find that you were more abab oh yeah you know it's um you don't really start to understand what flow means until you do you listen to so many different artists and then sometimes like oh that guy's flow is really cool and you find yourself rapping like them mm-hmm. and then you feel in, like actually rap like like Master Ace is another guy that I used to listen to all the time, and you know he could still have like the simple rhymes, but the way he f- where he placed his rhymes is what made the difference about what made it exciting. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like the Run DMC rhyme at the end of every bar; it's rhymes within bars or yeah, within mm-hmm. each beat. So they're placed in important spots where like they actually meant. Yeah. Like it actually hit you where like they came rather than being like where you expected it to be. Exactly, yeah. And you know you see that with Kendrick Lamar too today, right? Like um, he's not saying anything like over. Like you know when you listen to Eminem, Eminem uses more complicated rhymes mm-hmm. and things like. Well, that was really intricate. And with Kendrick, I'm like he still can. If you read his lyric sheets, they're not like complicated rhymes, but it's the way he's rhyming things based on vowels or where he's placing mm-hmm. things or his delivery. Uh, breath control all those mm-hmm. things make a great it's artist, it's the yeah. way that he presents it that makes it deep yeah mm-hmm. and actually like gives it feel and i think that's why he resonates with so many people yeah definitely so absolutely um yeah so when i talk about yeah mm-hmm. i talk to kids about rapping it's always about what you're trying to convey like you know when you write a verse it's 
I tell people like, hey, it's like you're writing an essay. You want to introduce like your topic first, right? Your first line, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to support what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then don't worry about it, like the perfect rhymes, you know. Like even when you read poetry, mm-hmm. you know Shakespeare had forced rhymes and stuff like that. You have to realize that you don't have to look for the perfect rhyme to convey your message. It's more about where you put your emphasis and flow and all mm-hmm. that. So no, exactly. It's not everything has to be within that pattern of it's going to like all. But where the words do it, it's like you can present it in a way where yeah. it flows perfectly well on its own while still presenting exactly what you're trying to do with it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so we've discussed that you have hopes to move to the UK at some point in the future. Yeah, I, want to tr- I definitely want to travel there, yeah. um, do some shows out there, mm-hmm. see what the scene is like, and learn from it. I... Um, yeah, I've been performing in Winnipeg for a long time. This past year, I've decided to break out, you know, go to different places, go to Toronto more. I'm going to Toronto next week to perform, you know, so just try to... And I learn more when I go to different places and see how yeah. people do things, you know. Okay. So uh, I really love traveling mm-hmm. for music. So what other goals do you have for the near future for Malcolm J? Oh, um, so historically, I've always been focused on being a rapper mm-hmm. and just producing my own stuff, but I've really been pushing starting to produce for other artists as well so yeah i do want to focus on being a producer uh getting myself out there as a producer and also teaching you know i want to start at my studio i do in studio lessons as well mm-hmm. with people so i really want to help push mm-hmm. the art you know so not just being uh strictly a rapper performer but also being an educator or a producer as mm-hmm. well in the back so trying to be multifaceted, you mm-hmm. know so yeah, being a mentor and a leader as well as being a musician. Yeah, I just don't want to be the guy that's... Because it's going to come a point in time where I'm not going to perform as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also still want to be involved in music. And I want to see other people grow as well. So okay, Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. All right. So before I ask my last question, where can my audience find out more about Malcolm J? Oh, so you can simply go to MalcolmJ.com. All my links to all my different social medias, whether you like Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. Like that's mm-hmm. my uh, favorite platform. If you want to see what I'm up to every single day, yeah. But I will do the links to my Facebook and Twitters, and I'll occasionally post stuff on YouTube and all that. So, um, but yeah, Instagram's actually if you want to talk to me straightforward or mm-hmm. reach out to me, that's the best place to find me. So, yeah, okay. awesome. All right. So last question. I'm gonna get a little bit deep here. Okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> since you mentor a lot of individuals and these are people who have already like gone out and taken these steps to like already be involved with that. But say that maybe there's somebody who is listening right now who like they think that they might have a chance at doing things and like they're playing around with it, but they're not sure of their voice. They're unsure of who they are. They're unsure of their message. What do you have to say to them? You know what? Um, this is like a overall art question. You know, like if you're an artist, you really have to take risks if you want to truly immerse yourself in the art. Is what I would say. So, if you're unsure about your voice or you're just starting out, it's okay to just put it out there. But look for. Don't always listen to the feedback and criticism of your friends. Is what I would say because. You have to understand that there's always a different niche for your music. So if you're making some really alternative stuff that's not mainstream, some of your friends might not like it, don't be discouraged because there's other people out there just like you that may resonate with that message. And you just have to find those people, is what I would say. And look for someone that's doing similar stuff to you and reach out to them 
and see if you can learn from them or, you know, study what they do and get better at your craft. But, uh, you know, it takes 10,000 hours to be a master at something, you know, whatever you're doing. So always remember to put in that work and don't expect things to come overnight. You could be naturally talented at something. And a lot of times people think, oh, it's this guy does it so easily. Like it must be like a God-given talent. Mm-hmm. But really it's um, the work ethic that makes you good at like amazing at something if you put in the work you know it's not just like you pick up a guitar and you're amazing you know like yeah (laughs) yeah. without a doubt you've got to build calluses on your fingers and you've actually got to get that work down and it's the same with rap too or hip-hop where you have to build the comfortability with your voice and you actually have to practice yeah so it's just like anything it takes takes work you know um a lot of, especially if you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. I was like this too. You just expect things to work out because you're good at something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like talent is probably only like half the battle if you really want to get yourself out there, right? So yeah, yeah, it's putting in sure. the work every day. So all right, and do it every day. You know what? A lot of people I talk to, like, oh, I'm not inspired to write right now. I'm not inspired to do this. But it's just like anything. It's just like even working out. You know, there's no wasted time in the gym. There's no wasted time. You know, freestyling. Or just writing down random things or making, I make beats almost every day. Some of them are terrible, you know, but it's like practice. So when I'm, I find that right kind of beat I want to make, I'm really fast at making it because I've been practicing every day on my crappy beats or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, there's no such thing as, you know, I don't feel inspired today. You know, it's, if you really want to work at it, just mm-hmm. keep writing small things down. And you can revisit it later, mm-hmm. you know, so. or you Fight through it. Yeah awesome yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to join me i know you've got an hour or so until you've got to hit the airport so yeah. i'm not gonna take up <laughs> too much more of your time my man yeah okay man well, thank you very much thank you thanks so for much. having me so a lot of fun well it seems that another exciting ride here through the jungle on the tiger has come to a close so I hope that you guys have enjoyed this journey the stories the experiences of one mr. Malcolm J and of course I would like to go ahead and thank Malcolm himself for taking the time to sit down with me and to share everything that he did I also want to go ahead and thank you the listener right now yes you for tuning into this episode of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard I please ask that you either go to iTunes and rate and review the show or share the episode with somebody who you feel may enjoy it as well So with all that being said, I hope that you guys have an amazing week. We are going to be back again next Thursday with another exciting interview that I got while I was in Breakout West last weekend. So until then, have a great time, everybody.